Good morning, Oceanside. Uh, such a wonderful privilege to be able to speak to you again this week. And um, yeah, my message today is would be titled Finding Hope in Difficult Times. I must say the second shutdown for me has been more difficult than the first. And um, it feels like uh, we were getting momentum and things were starting to grow. And this happened. Um, and I'm saying that to say this, that I know that many of you are struggling in many ways. Some are doing really well. But this is a time for us to dig deep into God. And I want to speak a little bit about that today. You see, the one thing I do know, that for we as born-again believers, we have hope. Now, hope is not in the worldly system. Our hope is in God and our trust is in God. We are not part of the worldly system. In a sense, we are part of the kingdom of God. Church, we need to understand that whatever comes our way, we ultimately win because we have an eternal future in God. Peter reminds the church scattered, a church under tremendous pressure, that the goal of our faith is simply not a happy, comfortable life. The goal of our faith is the salvation of our souls. It's a scripture that we read often because it's a very powerful scripture and it's something that we constantly need to be reminded us of ourselves, especially myself. We see this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. It's interesting that Ken Grenfell used the same scripture last week in a slightly different context. But this is what Peter writes to a church that is under persecution, a church that has been scattered, and a church looking for answers. And, him, and this is where he steps up to encourage them in their faith. And this is what he writes here from verse 6 to 9. There's quite a few scriptures, and I encourage you to read them in the context. Uh, there's a big difference between preaching and teaching. Uh, teaching, obviously, we can go more line upon line. But as we preach in, in these, these messages, I encourage you to find out the context and hear God for yourself. But this is what he writes to the church in the midst of their trials. He says, In this you greatly rejoice, though for a little while you may have suffered grief of all kinds. These things have come so that your faith, this is a reason, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. Churches are Christians. As Christians, our hope is not based on wishful thinking that can often lead to hopelessness. Our hope is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We see this in Psalms like Psalm 121, where the Psalm of Accents and where the writer obviously lifts up his head. He maybe have been looking down, maybe have been downcast, but this is what he does, and this is what I believe we need to do in times like this. He writes, I lift up my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, 
the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will never slumber or sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm, and he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Church, just meditating on that in our quiet time for a while, Build such faith to know that he never, ever leaves us or forsakes us. Paul, speaking of hope, biblical hope, scriptural hope, in Romans 15, verse 13, writes, May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace. The shalom of God, the transcendent peace of God, the peace that surpasses our understanding, that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So may, you, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and hope as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Bible, we see God prove His faithfulness to His people. We see this in Jeremiah when he speaks to the nation of Israel, a nation that is in exile, a nation that is going in seriously bad times. And in the midst of that, God through Isaiah in Isaiah 29 brings a message of hope. Isaiah 29, 11 to 13. And this is what he says in the midst of this. For I know the plans I have for you, Oceanside, Israel, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I love that, seek me with all your heart. God is not into casual relationships. God is not into casual seekers. God is wanting us to seek Him with all our heart. He has already given His heart to us and proved it by sending His Son to die for our sins on a cross. Church, we need to understand that even in these difficult times, when we are at our lowest, and it feels like He is not there, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is always there with us. He is always with us, and Jesus promised that He will never leave us or forsake us. I said that earlier, but we need to understand that. No matter where we are, No matter what we've done, His grace is sufficient for us and He never leaves us or forsakes us. Remember that in your loneliness. Remember that in your times of trouble, the Good Shepherd, the Shepherd of your soul is watching over you. And He says this, that He'll be with us to the very end of the age. To the end of our lives or to the end of the age, doesn't matter, He is with us. The Jesus, the shepherd of our souls, spoken of by David in Psalm 23. And I'd like to read that to you. Something that I meditate on long, I know we know it, but in a sense it is a journey of life for me. 
And it always brings me such comfort. In Psalm 23, we read, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hmm. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And he restores my soul. We often need soul restoration. And Jesus does that for us. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And here's maybe the key for some of us walking through dark times now. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you, the good shepherd, Jesus, the shepherd of my soul, are with me. You rod in yourself, they comfort me. And you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I can come feast at your table anytime I want. I can come into your presence. What an amazing gift. And you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And here's the most beautiful part of it. And surely goodness, love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, for all eternity. What an amazing psalm, church. Some, we read in Psalm 147, 11, that the Lord delights in those who fear Him and put their hope in His unfailing love. In Hebrews 10, 23, the writer encourages us to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promises is faithful. Church, God's hope, God's love, God's presence, God's forgiveness is not subject to natural circumstances. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never, ever changes like a shifting shallow. And that beautiful picture of Jesus sleeping in the midst of the storms while the disciples, those those strong fishermen, were terrified. It must have been an amazing storm. He sleeps through it, he wakes up and he calms the storm. And he will do that for us too. You see, church, we have the privilege of not only talking to God, but hearing from me. It's a two-way relationship. And I often quote this little scripture. It's been with me my whole life, almost since salvation I heard it, and it was so short that I could remember it. Jeremiah 33, Call unto me, says the Lord, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and unsearchable things we do not know. And we live in times of many things that seem unsearchable, many things that we don't know and we want to know. And so often my time with God is either rushed, I'm not giving Him time, and often I'm giving Him a list of requests. I'm calling unto Him. But it would be like calling somebody on the phone and talking to them for five minutes and just putting the phone down without allowing them to respond. And we need to understand that. Where the Word says, be still and know that I am God. 
Samuel was told by Eli to when, when he heard the voice again, the voice of God, Eli simply said, Speak to me, Lord. Your servant is listening. And that was his life from a little boy. He was one of the greatest prophets. God spoke to him. And he shared that with the nation. And God wants to speak to us through prophetic voices. But we need to make time to wait upon the Lord. Not only does he renew our strength, but he speaks to us, which is an amazing thing. He wants to hear from us, and he wants us to hear from him. And maybe more than anything else, he wants us to trust him. Word of God says, trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Lead not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. God wants to speak. God is with us. And God will take us through this. And hopefully, I pray that we'll be close to, closer and more in tune to Him through this time and after this time than before. You see, that is what prayer is all about, a two-way conversation with God. But unfortunately, it's the one thing that is the most often neglected in our lives. It's just one of those things. And I'm generalizing here, I know there are many that pray a lot because he's always there waiting for us, listening and he wants to hear from us as I've just said you see in Psalm 146 verse 1, the psalmist writes that God is an ever present help, help in times of trouble and we need to come to God we can't rely on the worldly system. It's going to be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will remain. And the only thing that can be not be shaken is the kingdom of God. So we live in this and we are impacted by it, but we are part of the kingdom of God. You see, prayer and trust in God should always be our first response and not our last resort when all else has failed. We are truly blessed when we put our trust in Him. We see this in Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8. The Word of God says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. He will be like a tree planted by the water. That streams send out roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It, it leaves, it's, and its leaves are always green. It has no worries in times of drought and never fails to bear fruit. In South Africa, we have a province called the Orange Free State. It's a very arid area, very dry. And you see these dried up riverbeds all over the show. In the rainy season, it, it rains. But along these riverbeds, many of them, there are groves of willow trees, huge willow trees in this alley place. And one thing about a willow tree is it has a tremendous root system. They go super deep. You don't want to put a willow tree too close to a house 
or to a water source. And it doesn't matter whether it's dry or rainy, they are always green and they always prosper in times of drought and in times of plenty. And that's how God wants us to be lived, like a tree planted by a river. Jesus in Matthew 6, 30, 32 tells us this, that if we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, seek ye first the kingdom, that we need not worry because he will add everything we need. Go and meditate on that. It's an amazing project. So often I'm seeking the stuff or trying to seek to sort things out myself and, and so on. But it's such an amazing time when I come in the presence of God and I seek Him. All of those cares seem to fall away. And my faith is increased to believe that He will see us through, even as a church. You see, if we can trust God for our eternal destiny, think about this. I was thinking about this as I was preparing this. If we can trust God for our eternal destiny, and we can trust by faith in the fact that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, a, a book that we've never seen, surely we can trust Him for our daily bread and to carry our burdens and to protect us. Whether we are young or old, we need to trust in Him. We may find ourselves in dire situations at times. Even at this very moment, many of you are. I, I'm praying for you and I'm hearing from you and my heart is with you. But I want to know that God is with you more than me and more than anybody else. He is with you. He's standing at that door. Maybe we just need to open that door and let Him in. See, let's do what the Apostle Paul encouraged us to do in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7, another scripture that we know so well. Let us rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what our circumstance. Let us give thanks to God. Let us give thanks to God that, that we, we live in places that are dry, that we, um, the majority of us don't worry about food or clothing. We have a medical system. We have all of these things. These are things that we can rejoice about and thank God that we live in this land of abundance. And Paul says it. He says it's so important that we rejoice in the, the Lord. He says, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Church, Deborah and I, like many of you, have been some tremendous trials. We have walked through the valley of the shadow of death. We've been through many things. And that word anything is a huge word. It's anything. There are a lot of things that I'm not anxious about that others may be. But to say that I'm not anxious about anything, that means God is bigger than any circumstance, than any situation. And we need to give those things to Him because this is what He says. But in everything, every circumstance, not only the big ones, but the small ones and everything in between, uh, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present our request to God. And so we, 
come into his presence, we repent, uh, uh, we, we um, present our request to God, so, sorry. And then what we need to do is sit back and say, speak, Lord, my servant is listening. Because the peace, we need to allow the peace of God, the transcendent peace of God to come upon us. It transcends our understanding and it will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in the last times, many people's hearts will fail them. God wants us to guard our hearts and our minds, but in Christ Jesus. And that's an amazing place to live. I'm still not there, but I tell you what, I've, I've, I have many times felt the transcendent peace of God upon my life in the midst of storms. So you see, you see, church, as Peter said in 1 Peter 1, we have hope for all eternity. Jesus is our solid rock, and because of him, death is not the end. In fact, death is the beginning of a glorious future, an eternal future. What an amazing journey we're on. What an amazing gift. And as I said, even when we die, we still win. You see, trusting God through uncharted waters and putting our hope in God takes faith and courage. But it's worth it. And in closing, I would like to uh, read this wonderful passage Isaiah 43 verse 28 to 31 it's a it's a chapter on comfort please read these these chapters and so on and meditate on them but this is an amazing passage to me why do you complain O Jacob I could put my name there. Why do you complain, O Michael? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my cause is is disregarded by my God? I felt like that sometimes. It's true. God knows my heart. And I'm sure many of you have felt like this and maybe feeling like that right now. But this is what the Lord says. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Thank you, God. Even youth grows tired and weary, And young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. When we are weak, then we are strong in Him. But it takes time in His presence. We cannot be running around with flat batteries all the time, spiritual batteries. We need to get them charged up, spiritually charged, because we leak. But when we do that, and this can be daily, it's a daily invitation that the Lord will renew our strength. I need my strength 
renewed. I'm sure you do too. And they will soar on wings like eagles. I love birds. If you know me, you'll know that. I, I love bird feeders and all of those kind of things um, and watching birds. And I was looking over our little lake, Cather's Lake, sitting on a bench. And it was a, a gale coming across from the one side to the end. And flying over the lake was a, was a bunch of crows, first of all. And they were squawking and walk, walk, walk and trying to get across this lake, even just the lake. And they were going backwards and forwards and so on, using up all their energy, all their own natural strength, doing it all in their own strength. And they were getting nowhere. Then all of a sudden, a few hundred feet above, I saw two eagles soaring on wings like eagles. These eagles were having the ride of their lives. They were floating over, even nearly up to Benson and back again without even flapping a wing. Do we want to live and flap around like a crow? Or do we want to rise on wings like eagles and soar like eagles? And those that rate wait along the world, Lord, will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faith. Teach me, Lord, to wait. And church, we're going to go into a time of worship now, Christocentric worship. And I pray for a moment, even in your homes, wherever you are, just still your hearts. Let's just give God a moment to, for His presence to come upon us even right now. I can sense the Holy Spirit right now. Let us wait for a little while. Let's just send His presence. Lord, speak to us. Lord, renew our strength. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your mercy and your grace upon our lives, Lord. I thank you for your patience with us, Lord God. I'm so pleased that you're so slow to anger. And so abounding in love. And you do not treat us as our sins deserve. But you separate our sins. Separate them as far as the east is from the west. And you choose to remember them no more. So Father God, I even pray for the ones now that are living in condemnation. May have done seriously silly things in this time like we all have and all do, Lord God, that are living under condemnation. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll break the power of that condemnation over our people's lives, over our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare freedom in the house, freedom in the home, freedom. Lord, I ask for your presence just to permeate our homes, Lord, I ask you, Lord God, that you will give us such a hunger and thirst for your righteousness.
that you will fill us up, Lord God. And I pray above all things, Lord, instead of running around like crows, flapping in the wind, flapping in our businesses, flapping all over there, wondering what's going to do, running here and there, Lord, I pray, Lord, that this will begin in our church of a place where your presence is valued more than anything else in our day. That we would be like Moses, Lord. That we would find our own tent of meeting out of the hustle. It could be a bedroom. It could be a park bench. He would go there daily and it says the Lord speak, spoke to Moses as man speaks to a friend. What uh, the highest accolade in the universe to be called a friend of God, God's friend. He wants to be our friend. And Moses says, Lord God, if your presence does, does not go with me, do not send me from this place. And may that be our cry. May we be a people of the presence. Yes, we're working hard. But is that the answer? Maybe God has better ways for us. His ways are not our ways. In Isaiah chapter 2, the word of God says, Come up to my holy mountain, into my presence, and I will teach you my ways. For my ways, he says further on in Isaiah, are not your ways. They're the highways of God, as high as the heaven of the earth. So are my ways higher than yours. God's ways not hidden so they, ca they cannot be found. They're hidden so that we can find them. He wants to reveal them. And I firmly believe more and more even these times that God is not in a sense interested in casual seekers or casual relationship. And that includes me. Let's go deeper, church. Let us see our nation changed by the power of prayer, by the power of the church, by the priesthood of all believers, walking in the power and the authority vested in them in Christ Jesus. We are the light. These are, you, these are dark times. Do you know, in darkness, light should shine brighter than ever before. So as we worship Jesus, let us be full of faith. Let us make the adjustments in our lives. Let us put it in our planner, a time to spend time with God. I'm an early riser, so it's easier for me than others. But maybe you're not. Maybe it's a lunchtime. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's late at night. But put it in your planner. Put the alarm on until it becomes a natural thing. And you'll be surprised. And I will be surprised. Not what God does in us but what God wants to do through us. God bless you, church. Deborah and I love you so much. And we want you to know that we care for you and we want you to hear God for you. God bless you. Let us worship the Lord. Amen.